Greg and Josh are not paid critics. They are not experts, nor do they claim to be. They are just two nerds that love to talk about internet shows. However, they're still going to tell you about what they think. So sit down, relax, and enjoy the latest episode of All Queued Up. Hey guys, welcome to another episode of All Queued Up. I'm your host, Greg Dietz, and with me always is Josh Fisher. How are you doing, buddy? Uh, I gotta say I'm doing a little bit better, man. A little bit better after the past couple of weeks. Uh, thanks. How, how are you doing? I'm okay. I, I, there's uh, been a lot of uh, extra stress <laughs> added on since my dad's uh, kidney situation, but um, we got it figured out to the, for the most part, and we're, we're working it to... Uh, make him healthier in the long run. So it's just a lot to extra stuff to deal with. I've, I've kind of told you offline about it and uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, but uh, we're getting there. We're getting there. We're keeping positive. We're keeping positive. You know, it's, it's, it's not the end of the road. It's, it's just a new hurdle. So, but um, oh, yeah, man, and that's the attitude you got to keep. Exactly. Exactly. Uh, but yeah, uh, everyone, if you're new to the show, Hi, welcome. Um, uh, today we're going to be reviewing a couple things. We're going to be reviewing the Devolver Digital Press Conference. We're going to be reviewing Jim Jeffries' new stand of special Intolerant. And we're going to have a discussion that involves Hamilton, but not we're reviewing Hamilton. You will, we'll get there when we get there. Uh, but first, we have a guest, Josh. We do. We do. Um, this, uh, this, this particular guest, it's... Our first official female guest. So, first of all, give it up for that, goddammit. Fuck yeah. Come on. Yeah. Uh, uh, <laughs> but, uh, interesting story. She is, the way it came about, she knows my sister-in-law, Misty's sister. She knows very well. And she sent me a friend request out of the blue and we just started talking in messenger and having conversations. And we finally got to meet in person. The last day I left the fucking house before the Rona hit on March the 7th. Yeah. I went and hung out for a couple hours at her shop. She owns her own business and everything, but it is my pleasure to, I'm not going to reveal her last name. Uh, Dame Betty Badger. Thank <laughs> you, you knew I was going to throw that dame on the I front. Coming. <laughs> <laughs> uh, if you don't care, Betty, first of all, thanks for being here. Uh, if you don't care, tell the listeners a little bit about yourself. Well, thank you guys for having me. Um, I am a crazy cat lady who happens to also be married and have a child. I know that's amazing, but it's happened. Um, I'm an artist and I am opinionated and I like to talk. So, and I like Perfect to share my podcast. opinions. <laughs> well, again, thank you so much for being here. We, we, we talked about it in the past that like we had a, uh, I don't remember when it was, but we had a discussion about like uh, women in entertainment or something to that effect. And we were like, we should get somebody who's not, who doesn't have a penis on here. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> we could, just couldn't find anybody. So, um, it's but been a while. It's been yeah, it's been a long time. Uh, but uh, we did have a small discussion before we started, and I'm very excited to talk about the the last topic of the day. But first, let's get into the reviews of um, the two things we uh, we 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 all watched. Uh, we'll start with the Jim Jeffrey special. Um, oh, all right then. 
I like a little bit of Jim. He's an entertaining guy. Very funny. Uh, I, 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 I love Jim Jeffries. He's my favorite stand-up comedian. So, of course, I enjoyed this yeah. special very much. He, uh, I knew he was he would have been very good for, for my dad. Uh, so I've been doing a lot more of the driving when we go door dashing. And uh, the problem is, is that when I drive, my dad does nothing. Um, so I was trying to find something for him to listen to or, or be able to do while we were out there. And I was like, pull up Jim Jeffries on Netflix. And he was like, all right. And he, oh my God, he fucking loves Jim Jeffries. So we ended up listening to the, uh, the new special while we were out about. And uh, um, he fucking loved it. Uh, so I was happy to hear that. But the thing I thought was the funniest about his special was the ADD moments. <laughs> The ADD moments where he go off on a tangent and then come back around to what he yeah. was originally talking about. Yeah. Well, yeah. That, that's, that's how he, that's how he is though. That's always how he's done. That's uh, part of his shtick. I would disagree as I hadn't heard him do that prior to this and the way that he did it in this anyway, like it seemed way more part of the bit. It really, yeah, it really did because I mean, he would go off on a tangent and you'd be totally into it and you'd forget that he was, he was talking about something else at first. And then he'd be like, and that's how we got here. And I was like, oh yeah, there was another story going on before this. Yeah. I don't remember. Like, again, I listened to them very recently with my dad and I was like, this is, this is kind of new. And I say kind of, cause you're not wrong. Like he did go on tangents, but they never were to this. Like it was like a 10 minute tangent and then come back around. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. It was yeah. fucking hilarious regardless. I felt like it was over too soon. <laughs> I wanted oh, to you, the whole like special minutes. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that, that's the thing. And I, I, you know, I love, and I think that's a good thing though. I love it when a comedian or performer, anything, they give me something and it ends and they leave me wanting more. That's when you know it was very good. Oh, yeah. When they leave me wanting more, I know I was thoroughly entertained and I want more of that entertainment. It doesn't wear out its welcome, you know, and there's a bit of new technique and from Jim in this, but I'm, I'm sorry. Still, nobody out there can top their shit myself story. Then they, they can't top <laughs> mine. I mean, his was good, but he can't top mine. <laughs> uh, funny, just, funny enough, Josh, my dad said that. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> he's like, he's like, yeah, it's it's a good story, but it's not as good as Josh's. I was like, mm, well. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, I'm gonna I'm gonna have to I'm gonna Is have to hit Jim up. Like commonly do i mean uh, what shit no. themselves no yeah, I mean, <laughs> another comic that i've seen and he he has a shit in himself story as well and i'm you know it's like this is three now in the past two weeks that i've encountered i'm like is this a thing do you guys it's, it's a like, common eat thing too for many guys. hot cheetos or something <laughs> it's a common thing for guys to have a shit themselves story i don't think that that's an uncommon thing but the amount of times because here's the difference when, a, when, from my perspective, women or people who are a bit more responsible uh, have to take a shit and they know they have diarrhea, they don't go do something. They don't, you know, <laughs> uh, they don't make dumb decisions. The house. 
You don't What's do that, that in public. You know, that's women. You know, you stay home if you're going <laughs> to shit yourself. <laughs> yeah, so so that's why guys have the stories is because we're like, yeah, I'll run to the store even though I have diarrhea. This seems like a good fucking choice to do. <laughs> uh, that's why we have the stories. For, like, one of somebody I know, I'm not going to name names, has a very funny story about accidentally uh, having diarrhea out in public and had to get on a public bus and shit himself on the bus and sat next to the homeless guy intentionally. Um, oh, oh, <laughs> that's, I mean, that's genius, but damn, that's on a level, you know? Right. That's that. I mean, I would, I would zero in on the homeless person and sit next to them too. Yeah. You and know, like, solidarity brother. <laughs> Cause here's the thing is a lot of people who, if you don't have a shit yourself story, that means you haven't had the experience yet and you eventually will, but it depends on where you are. That becomes the problem. Um, because if you are like, let's say, Oh, I shit myself in my bed because I had diarrhea and was asleep. Not funny. Not really no. that funny, no. but <laughs> trying to get up off your friend's floor and shitting yourself. When asleep. you're disassembled in, in the middle of, a living a living room slash dining room open floor area of twelve other people at five in the morning is a completely different story when the only bathrooms are either up a flight of stairs or down a flight of stairs and forty five plus feet away either one. Yeah, it's a problem. And yeah, then so apparently I left snail trails. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that's the thing you'll notice about Jim's story is that he he stupidly ate fucking dairy and then was like he had time man he thought he had time <laughs> and he would have had time if it weren't for that woman <laughs> I, I, I love how he uh, you know and i love i love jim and you know i'm of the thought that anything can be joked about you can joke about anything and of course it's the context it's a joke yeah um you know, so I don't mind the older material of his that some people have a problem with because, you know, hey, he realizes, yes, yeah, some of that material is problematic in today's climate, so I don't do it as much, but I still do it. And, you know, he does do the occasional misogynistic joke, but he doesn't do it in a, any, like, there's no ill intent or malice meant behind it. It's meant for laughs. Oh, Yeah. And again, I laugh at it because I know exactly how women are. I am one, you know, and yeah, <laughs> exactly something we would do, you know. I mean, uh, no, honey, I'm sorry. We can't go home until I get this lotion, but I really don't know which one I actually want. So, you know, I mean, yeah. I know what he's talking about. <laughs> yeah. Oh, you know, uh, Misty, I love her to death. She goes to the store. We'll make a list. So here, need to get this, 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 and this. And if it were me, I am straight in, straight out, get exactly what I need. Yeah. I'm in there 15 minutes, 20 if I decide to go over and browse at something. Uh, but she'll go to the same store with a list, three hours minimum, <laughs> and then show back up with multiple things and none of the shit on the fucking list. <laughs> oh, that's, yeah, that's. That's talent. I'm <laughs> like, honey. The shopping. And he, he, I give him a list 
And then he comes back with all this stuff, plus what was on the list, which is the only stuff I wanted. And then we're like trying to shove shit into the freezer. And I'm like, why did you bring all this home? You know, <laughs> I just don't understand. It was on sale. Yeah. It you know, a good, like, deal. Oh, a good idea. I'm like, yeah, but we already have two packages of hot pockets in there that the kid has not touched yet. So maybe back off. I'll put it on the list if we need it, you know? <laughs> yeah. Especially I mean, now with everything going on. We have on, a bedroom like that's a pantry right now. So, I mean, it. yeah, we we stocked up for this pandemic. Yeah, actually, when when I was over at your shop and we were hanging out, you had a shit ton of supplies. Oh, know, yeah. I mean, we, we towels, toilet paper. We, we knew. I knew. Jeff knew. I don't know why. We both knew this was going to be different. And he was like, maybe we should start stocking up. I was like, yes, we should. So every time he'd go to the grocery store, he'd get a couple of bags of something else, you know, that is has a good shelf life and mm -hmm. when trump came out in march i was so grateful because after he came out and did his press conference on this people lost their minds they were yeah. like out there buying up all the toilet paper and i was like oh i got toilet paper for days bitches you know <laughs> i mean it was insane to watch people just go to these lengths and i was like you know, we knew this was happening. Why did you wait until now to lose your minds? I don't get it. Um, I, I, I would, I would imagine it has something to do with the lower cognitive ability. Of I some think people. so. <laughs> yeah. Especially, you know, yeah, yeah, absolutely. I stopped allowing my parents to go into the grocery store to do anything. Uh, just because I was like, I, you guys are higher risk and I'm not allowing you in the grocery store. Yeah. Uh, so what I started doing every time I had to go in there, which was like, I want to say three times a week because my parents forget half the shit they need all the time. Um, I would, uh, I would always go over to the toilet paper and, to and paper towels. And I started just picking up like small four, six, you know, four to six roll packages. Just one, just one every time I went in and we started having a little stockpile right outside the bathroom. I was like, I should probably hold off for a little while. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's like, we, we've got, yeah. I, uh, good. Oh, well, we, you know, it's like, we have one bedroom now that's just completely turned into a pantry. And, you know, if, if the apocalypse happens tomorrow, we're good to go for a few months. We know how to garden, you know, we're good. We'll survive. Yeah, I don't. Uh, I'm. I'm definitely. <laughs> definitely concerned about the state of the nation, but uh, I think we're okay for a little while. We have like a yeah. 24 pack of toilet paper, so I think we'll be okay for a little while. Yeah, you know, <laughs> like I could write a review on all the different toilet papers at this point too, because we had tried so many different brands that were available at different times and i'm just like if this is angel soft i don't want to go to heaven because their toilet paper sucks you know <laughs> i well, really I think about my toilet I, paper <laughs> I, i'm not a big fan of going to heaven anyway you know it's just going to be filled with all the dead babies oh, oh my god babies. call back to the jim jeffries thing 
He literally <laughs> talked about that. He's like, you know, I used to do the bit about the kicking dead babies. <laughs> you know, it's like, you got to get them baptized or they don't go to heaven. And if you let one dead baby in heaven, you got to let all the dead babies <laughs> in heaven. And heaven's just full of dead fucking babies. And then the, the story about the, uh, <clears throat> the lady and the guy, was that in this special or was that in this prior special? Uh, which bit? Talking about the dead babies and how he told the bit at Edinburgh and then the... I think that was the last one. Oh, well, see, I watched like three of his specials, so I may be getting confused. Anyway, I enjoyed Jim. <laughs> yeah, honestly, if, if uh, I think we can move to the next topic, but uh, to just to, to, don't want to spoil too much about it, you know. Yeah, I was gonna say let's do our let's do our grade thing that we haven't done in a hot goddamn minute. Um, so so Betty, if you're uh, if you haven't if you don't know what we do what we do when we grade something is we give it a grade like we would as a teacher. So a uh, a plus a a minus yada yada all the way to f f just gets an f. Um, and uh, let me just give our final thoughts on it. So uh, Betty, why don't you go ahead and go first and give your final thoughts and a grade? I would give it an A minus. I wish it had been longer. You know, already made that statement. Um, and again, he was funny. I think, I think I find him funnier when he does touch more on subjects that are hot button subjects for a lot of people. And I wish there had been a little bit more of that in this one. But you know, there's always the next one. Yeah. Uh, Josh, uh, you know, I gotta agree with a lot of that. <clears throat> so I'm gonna go A minus as well. Still, really solid special. But something that is surprisingly that Jim Jeffries excels at as a dual citizen, because he is an American citizen now, um, as well as an Australian, and living 10 years in Britain, his observations and commentaries on American culture and the political climate and the socioeconomic climates Currently, some of his best bits are when he delves into that shit and ridicules yeah. it and picks it apart. I mean, he says to this day his bit that he's most well known for is the gun control bit. Yeah. And I mean, you know, it's a wonderful bit. It really is. And he had his show on Comedy Central, which I don't think they're doing it anymore. I don't have Comedy Central anymore. Because no, they're not doing it anymore, and they finished it up, and I have poured through all the YouTube videos of that show because I love it. was really, really well it done. It really was, and I, I was really upset that they decided to just stop it. I was like, what's wrong with you? This is one of the best shows you guys got going right now. Yeah, yeah. I mean, nothing against Trevor Noah. Oh, yeah. Uh, I enjoy him. I adore him. But, you know, I, I thought Jim's show was better than what the current Daily Show is. But that's personal bias. Yeah, well, I mean, he really delved into topics on his show and got involved. And, you know, he made really good points while also being funny. Yeah. And that's the hallmark of a great comedian. It really is. Yeah. Um well, I mean, what do you think, Greg? Uh, I'm, I'm, I honestly agree with you guys. I think A minus. It's not his. It's not his best work. It's really fucking funny, but it's it's like his other specials are 
genuinely really funny. And I think he makes a point of it in the special about like, he says like the line when I did those specials was here, then y'all moved it back here and then get mad at me because my line was up here with this one. Like he's clearly had to move the, his, his, his uh, comedy back a bit uh, because yeah. it definitely shows. And I wish he hadn't. So, yeah, he's, he, uh, that, that's something I have to say, you know, like Bill Burr didn't rein it in. Bill Burr still Bill Burr. Jim has, seemed to tame himself just a tad not tremendously so but it is noticeable it yeah it's definitely different than his past stuff because well again he's he's had to tone it down a little bit I, I, it felt like a personal choice too not like he was forced to so no no exactly like the choice of he drank water on stage i've never seen him do that before always full yeah. beer in hand yeah. Uh, Didn't he make a comment about him drinking less or something like that? He, yeah, because he said he noticed that his son said to him one day, oh, daddy, you drinking again? And he's like, oh, shit. You know, he was and like four. One day. <laughs> yeah. He's like, they say, you know, if you have three drinks a day, you're an alcoholic. Ah, three. Uh, I had five, you know. 35 drinks a day and you're an alcoholic or 35 drinks a week is what he said. He's like, well, I still have my 35 drinks. I just get them all in a day now. <laughs> <laughs> and that also goes to like uh, uh, something he did make a point about that I think is something everyone should take to heart when talking about comedy. Um, you know, he said he watched the uh, Dave Chappelle special and he said, uh, uh, you want to know what I did with that? I watched it and I thought it was fucking fantastic. It was brilliant. Um, and I didn't agree with him on everything. Hell, there was quite a few moments I didn't agree with him. But you know what I did with the parts I didn't agree with? I ignored them and and, and watched the parts I did like and agree with. <laughs> like, it's it's so easy to forget that comedy has always been this way. Yeah. Uh, since you know, you yeah. go back to like Lenny Bruce and George Carlin <sighs> and Richard Pryor and and just the list goes on and on. And Red Fox, Red Fox. Uh, Comedy needs to push boundaries. If you if you're not pushing boundaries, then you're just Bob Hope taking fucking golf money. Yeah, and, I mean, you know, yeah. Pushing boundaries gets people to think, you know, and and the best way to do that is by not being, you know, forceful in people's faces, making it a joke that it's easier for people to, you know, think about it without getting offended so much. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. So I, I liked his special a lot. I thought it was, it's very funny. It's just also very tame compared to his other stuff, but he makes a point to kind of express that he knows it's tame, uh, but it's a personal choice. And yeah, I thought that was really, really brilliant. So um, yeah, if you're a fan of Jim Jeffries, I think we all recommend watching it. It's definitely worth your time. Uh, Absolutely. Hour and six minutes, and you know, I was laughing the entire time. So, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, all right, well, let's go ahead and move on to the Devolver Digital press conference or Devolver Direct, as they call it. So, if you don't know, uh, Devolver is a uh, video game publisher. What they, what they tend to do is grab up the, the independent guys, the guys that have like five, six people deep making a game. 
Uh, they they promote their game. They uh, they give them extra funds to to finish the game or to put extra stuff into the game, and then they they get the game onto consoles onto to Steam. They 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 take the brunt of that part. Uh, they're a fantastic company. They'll 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 take a small guy out of fucking nowhere who's making something even remotely interesting and different than the current like constant steam of, stream of of AAA titles. Uh, and um, about four years ago, they had their first quote-unquote press conference at E3. Uh, when everyone heard of this, they were like, "Why is Devolver Digital doing that? Isn't like they're they've never done this before? What could they possibly be talking about?" So everyone was kind of excited. And when it when it premiered, and I think Josh and I talked about it on my stream back when I was streaming for Half Empty. Mm-hmm. Uh, we were blown away. Everyone was blown away. We didn't expect it to be this satirical take on E3 and press conferences and, and media as a whole. Uh, we didn't expect it to be as funny as it was. Um, so when it came around the second year, everyone was like, we're doing this again, right? And uh, they did it again, but slightly different and made fun of like cryptocurrency. Uh, which was really great. Um, so then after the cryptocurrency joke happened, we were like, where are they going to go next? Like, uh, it seemed it seemed like they were always trying to push that envelope. So in the third one, uh, they made fun of Nintendo's digital conferences, where Nintendo stopped doing live press conferences in LA for E3. And they would just do these online showcases called Directs. So they did their own Devolver Direct. And what was really brilliant about it was the main character of Nina, who had been, you know, the quote-unquote CEO. Uh, I want to have her babies. <laughs> I mean, what? She, <laughs> she, uh, they were trying to do like a RoboCop sort of situation where they were trying to get her consciousness onto a robotic body. But her consciousness was so intense that um, she... Uh, they couldn't. They couldn't quite nail it down. So they wanted to do a uh, a direct that would that would tone her down, like if it was for Nintendo. And uh, um, it was really funny because all the all the pre- presenters that were digital presenters would get killed by something violently uh, while inside this program that couldn't control Nina. Um, so. For their fourth year, we were, you know, we were, we were very excited to see where they were going to go. Like, how are they going to up the ante? How are they going to take it to the next level? And uh, uh, by the time it came around to, uh, um, like right before they showed it, it was earlier in, God, I want to say it was earlier this month, and it was at uh, EA's little showcase thing. But it showed all these quote-unquote developers working with them. And keep in mind, the woman who plays Nina is an actress. She doesn't actually work for Devolver. She is just... All those people in the pressers don't work for Devolver. Yeah. They're all actors. Right. Uh, Okay. So so for EA... (laughs) For EA to get... No, it was PlayStation. It was not EA. It was PlayStation. was showing all the... All the all the publishers and developers. Yeah, it was Sony's PlayStation Five presser. That's right. what it was. It showed a like a one second clip of Nina sitting behind a desk that said Devolver's CEO. 
Devolver yep. Digital CEO Nina Struthers, and I was like, "Oh fuck!" <laughs> yeah, Sony got full on fucking played, and it was oh, it's so fucking funny. Um, so we, everyone had been really excited for like what what they were going to do since the the pandemic stuff, since E three doesn't really exist right now. Like, what were they going to do? And uh, I was very pleasantly surprised with how they handled this whole Devolver Digital situation. Um, but here's the thing, as Josh and I have watched all of them leading up to this fourth one, Betty hasn't. Yeah. She just watched this one and had no prior context. So I'm interested in hearing her reaction to that. Yeah. That's, that's kind of why I was throwing it her, her court. Cause I know that Josh and I loved it and that's going to go without a, you know, without saying, uh, but what did, what did you think, Betty? Well, I thought it was great. Honestly, I mean, I'm not like someone who can sit here and be like, oh, I'm a gamer girl. I like to play games. Absolutely. I've been doing it since, you know, I've been since I was five. You know, my dad was young. So we got the first Nintendo when it came out. You know, and I I like games. And to see that the way that they were doing it, I was like, this is really neat. This is very interesting the way that they're presenting it. And I don't know if y'all caught this, but something that I caught is one of the guys, the guy who was like, he had the drink in his hand a lot of times. Yeah. So had that, that um, thing where he's doing calculations. And I was like, that's a quantum leap reference. Oh yeah. And I was like, that is really cool because I love quantum leap. That was like my jam growing up. So, you know, I had a big old crush on Sam and uh, so I was like, Oh, look at that. It's a quantum leap reference. So I, I, I really love that. Cool. And I like the, you know, seeing the games, it reminded me of, you know, when I was younger and playing Nintendo games and stuff. It reminded me of, like, you know, just childhood. And it's really cool. They're working with, you know, these small creators and helping them get a platform because, you know, I I like to see that as an artist myself. I think that's an art. And my own daughter, she's 15. She likes making video games. That's her, something oh, wow. she enjoys. So, you know, I mean, I, I like to see small creators get the recognition that they deserve like that. And I thought it was really cool. I thought the whole setup was really neat. I'd like to see more places do things like that. Same here. I, I, I wholeheartedly agree with you. That game that they showcased in there called Carry On, which is, oh. a, which is a, called a reverse horror game, uh, that would never be picked up by a AAA studio. Absolutely no. never. Yeah, but it looked really cool. Oh, yeah. The first one came out. Well, it it just now came out this year, didn't it? Which, which, what? Carry on. Carry on. Um, it's coming Is out. It available? In, oh, it's not available yet? I think it's coming out the 23rd. Okay. It's very soon. I, I want it. I've been wanting it since they announced it. What was it, last year? Yeah. Well, that I, game just looks fun as hell. Yeah, I think one of the cool things is that uh, Microsoft, for their Xbox system, has been doing a lot of really, really cool stuff with their Game Pass. So for $15 a month, you can get the their online service and their Game Pass, which is normally $10 or about $10 separately from one another. Uh, but they drop $5 off. You get both for, you know, at once a month. And, and um, I can play Carry On for free on my, on my Xbox now. Oh, well, for free-ish. Yeah, I don't have to go out and separately purchase it. I can just play it. 
Uh, so I'm very excited about that. Um, which is why I, I sit there and tell people all the time, like, Xbox is not fucking up right now. <laughs> like, that's Game Pass thing is amazing. Uh, and Sony really needs to compete. Like, they're doing a terrible job of that. But um, Well, yeah, but they have their plus service and then they have their live service. And if they were to merge those two into one monthly bundle, I'm sure they would probably you know, get more people on board with that. I mean, I do both. I do the uh, plus service in one yearly sum because it's only $60 that way versus 10 bucks a month, you know? So I think the live service is $10 a month still, and that sucks. <laughs> yeah. I was going to say what, what Sony needs to do with their PS Now service is get more developers to uh, release games on it the day of release like carry on with xbox yeah um it's uh and and for the fact that devolver to just be okay like just to do that like they're like oh yeah you're gonna give us a lump sum of money instead of us you know having to wait for like it's it's just so brilliant and i was so happy to see that but um but back to the conference or back to the digital itself uh um there was a huge uh robocop reference last year Yes. So at the end of the second one, uh, in uh, let me go back to the first one because I have to. There's a there's a preference here, or not preference, but there's a uh, anyway. In the first Precedent. one, there was a joke about throwing money at your screen and it could just be absorbed into the screen. A guy sticks his hand in his pulls his hand out and his hand is gone. So at the end of the second one, that guy comes back and shoots Nina up in a uh, very RoboCop style. Uh, didn't they give him like gun hands mm-hmm. yeah kind of and he was he was very much dressed like snake Pliskin. um yeah. so in the beginning of the third one when they're trying to do the the you know get her into a digital realm and try to calm her head or her mind down uh all of the stuff on screen looked like that scene in robocop where they're programming him before he turns on do you know what i'm talking about it's early on. It's early-ish into the movie. It's like when they're putting his body into the robot, into the RoboCop. Oh, I know exactly what you're talking about. I'm yeah, yeah. It looked like that. So uh, I was really, I was, I was, I didn't know what they, what, what reference they were going to go for in this one, and I was really, really happy to see the, the, uh, the one that you mentioned earlier, Betty, that I can't remember suddenly. Uh, Quantum Leap. Quantum Leap. Jesus. Yeah, Quantum Leap. I was like, oh, that's awesome. They even put There's the sounds you- in and everything. There's yeah. your weekly reminder that Greg can't remember the names of shit. Shut <laughs> your mouth. Uh, <laughs> Never. <laughs> this one was uh, less gory, though. Yeah, it was. Uh, but I still think it was really well done. Uh, really funny. Uh Dude with the fucking drinks, and he's like, "Oh, I've got this margarita," and then he just turns it completely upside down. Yeah. He realizes all of his drinks throughout the thing are just totally fucking fake. Uh, thought funny. it was funny as hell. <laughs> and then the whole like uh, Linda Masters, you know, it's like she's this great foil for Nina and vice versa. Like next year, I need to see these two like have a cat fight. They just have to. <laughs> Yeah, I, I, I'm kind of curious where they could take it now because each of the other ones ends on a cliffhanger. This didn't. This had like a, an ending. Kind of. 
but there was a post credit scene. Yeah. I don't remember what it was. I know I saw it. Remind me what it was. She had that thing on her head. <sighs> I'm drawing a complete blank. Yeah, I'd have to go back and watch it again. I'm just pulling it up on YouTube. I'm not going to play it loudly. I'm just just to, just to fast forward to it. Um, would but, you, yeah, Betty, be willing to go back and watch the other ones because of this one, or is it just kind of like a one and done situation? Oh no, I'd be willing to go back and watch the rest of them. I mean, you know, because again, it was interesting. I'd like to see what other games that you know they've been involved with and stuff. And you know, I got to give them props for having female actors involved in this because you know yeah. i don't think women get enough recognition in the gaming world you know and we like games too you know this is again <laughs> i'm 40 years old this is something i grew up with i don't know anything else you know this is you know i mean it's yeah. like when i was 18 we were playing like you know um like scare games and stuff. And I thought the graphics were amazing. And nowadays I'm like, Oh my God, that sucked. You know, it's like, and I was always the one girl though, you know, just the one girl. And I, I like seeing girls get more recognition because it doesn't mean that, you know, it, there's a stereotype about gamer girls and we're not all like that. Oh, you mean like the boob streamers? Yeah, I yeah. Mm -hmm. I mean, you know, I don't know how know, to feel about that. <laughs> I know, I know a lot of a lot of women that play uh, video games uh, and play them a lot, and thankfully, most of them don't uh, fall into that stereotype of the boob streamer. You know, yeah, you know, like they're, they're, a gamer girl. You know, she's not that kind of person that we're not like that and you know it's like i'm glad you are proud of what you got and everything but you know why don't you try and and get viewers based on your own merit as a gamer instead of your tits yeah <laughs> yeah i uh, uh I have have a personality <laughs> i personally don't have a problem with a girl going well i have boobs and i know a lot of guys out there will pay me to see those boobs so here we go um i don't i don't personally care because i'm a i'm not going to watch that stuff or pay for it and b yeah. uh you know more more power to them if they're just you know they're trying to make a buck but on the other hand on the offhand like yeah if you're talented like just be entertaining uh there's a few female streamers that i follow that i fucking adore uh and and munition uh is uh she's a um she's a shooter player like she plays a lot of first person shooters primarily uh rainbow six siege and um she's uh she's not the best but she's not awful she's better than me better than most of the guys i play with if i'm being totally honest um but she's never been competitive is what i mean by that uh and then there's uh uh, uh elspeth elspeth, elspeth is, is awesome yeah she's she's a voice actress she's voiced uh two characters in league of legends um but uh, she, she's just variety streamer. She'll play whatever the fuck she wants, and she's hilarious. Um, uh, hell, she she will like do cross promotion and hang out with other Twitch streamers. Like she's teamed up with Kit Bogo on some of his scammer streams. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is awesome. 
it's 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 definitely interesting. I, I do you know the story as to why uh, Betty why uh, gaming has become this like boys club or like why it feels like a boys club? Because there's actually a very good reason or not good reason, but there's a very um, interesting reason behind that. Do you know? Hold on a second. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody ever calls. It's like, of course, they got a call right now. Um, well, I mean, I, if there's a story behind it, I'm very interested to hear it. I mean, yeah. it's, it's my it's, own personal observations and growing up, you know, most of the time games are geared towards boys. I mean, right. you know, it's like when you had your advertisements, there weren't, there might be a token girl there, but she was just there to play around, you know, watch the boys play games and, and, you know, it was always geared towards boys when I was growing up. So, so I, I always figured that's why it's very a male-dominated thing. That's partially the reason. Uh, the other reason is actually uh, a, a lot more nuanced and interesting. So um, back in the late 70s, early 80s, uh, Atari was king. And uh, but the problem with Atari is that they would just make a shit ton of garbage games. Oh yeah, it didn't, mm -hmm. it didn't matter how good or bad it was. If it could make money, the the, the developers just get it out there. So uh, one of the one, not the main, one of the main reasons that Atari crashed was the the infamous ET game. Um, yeah. Again, and I say one of the reasons because it. A lot of people say the reason. I'm like, no, <laughs> no, far from the. Um, but, uh, the, the video game crash after that caused people and, and, uh, uh, to not give a shit. And the, um, the stores that were selling get video game consoles were like, I don't, I don't want to sell another video game console, especially in the United States. Uh, primarily I'm talking primarily United States. And, uh, uh, when, Nintendo came to the States and said, we want to, we want to put this in your store. A lot of retailers said, we're not putting it in the electronic section. Nobody wants to play video games. You got to, if you want to sell it, you got to put it in toys. Uh, so Nintendo had to make a choice. Do we put it in the girls section or the boys section? They put it in the boys section and the rest is history. Um, that makes, you know, that, and that makes sense. Honestly. I mean, and the thing is, as as a girl at that time period, you would not be shamed as much for buying something out of the boys section as a boy would if they bought something out of the girls section. Right. Mm -hmm. A girl was just like, Oh, you're a tomboy kind of. Action. Yeah. And, and I grew up as a military brat. I was totally a tomboy. And it's like, I wrestled with boys on the floor, broke my finger one time doing that. <laughs> you know, so I, w I was a tomboy. I was climbing trees. I was scraping knees you know, yeah, I was in the boys section all the time buying He-Man toys and shit. So <laughs> I had Hot Wheels cars, you know, I mean, that that was me. So but nobody shamed you that much for that because, you know, it's like it was OK to be a tomboy, but don't be a sissy boy, you know. Oh, exactly. So, yeah. And we've mostly moved past that at this point in time. And I'm glad to see that because, you know, I do have a daughter and. I didn't raise her to be, you know, oh, you can only buy things out of the girls section, you know, yeah. buy what you want. You know, if, they, if, they, if you want a Hot Wheels, get a Hot Wheels, you know, if it makes you happy, do it. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm, I'm glad to have a lot of friends with uh, boys that uh, if they want a Barbie or if they want, 
you know, the, you know, pocket poly or what the fuck ever. Poly pocket. Poly, yeah. Yeah. Poly pocket. Uh, <laughs> then uh, their parent is just like, yeah, sure. Fine. Let's get it. Yeah. Uh, pocket poly is what Greg's house is <laughs> called. You're the worst. <laughs> I really am. <laughs> uh but no, I, I it's and, and that's that's the funny part is as I tell that story and I, and and I get you know a lot of girls will be like, well, I I I didn't feel that way, like I didn't know. It's like it. The point is, is that a lot of thirty-year-olds nowadays are very gatekeeping of video games because of the advertisements that followed it being put into the boys section. Like it was a yeah. ripple effect, and um, it's unfortunate nowadays that you. You see a, a, a press conference like Devolver Digital that has a lot of female leads uh, who are in a power position, and you get a lot of people that are just like, "That's really good, good for them." And to me, it shouldn't be that way. It should no, it shouldn't be that way. But you know, we're at, we do have to praise it. Constantly working through its problems, you know, and that's, <laughs> that's what we're doing right now with this. It's like you know, yeah, I don't like being a token in a lot of things. But I'll accept it if it means that more women are going to get their voice out there. Yeah. You know? yeah. And I think a lot of people that are in, you know, minority communities, whether they be, you know, based on skin color or sexual orientation or gender, it's kind of the same thing. Let let us have a voice. Let us get out there. Yeah, we're going to be tokens for a little while, but eventually it'll just be normal. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, well, I'm, I'm really happy that you liked it. I, I, uh, I know that, I know that a lot of people, <laughs> a lot of people were just like, this is really cringy. I don't understand what's happening here because satire is not something everyone gets. Yeah. Well, you um, know, you're not going to get satire if you're one of the people that suffer from lower cognitive ability. <laughs> Knew that was coming. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I should have seen it coming, but I was like, mm, I wonder where this joke is going. And then he said it, and I went, No, nah, I should have, I knew it. <laughs> I should have went with it. Uh, yeah, it's, <clears throat> I don't know. I've always been that way about satire. Like, there are people that even now, in its fourth year, got pissed off at that ending where Nina was like, You fucking mouth breathers just stare at the screen, right? I was like, I thought that shit was hilarious. And there's yes. people that are just like, I'm offended. And I'm like, oh, of course you are. Well, you're offended and you don't even know. And, and they don't even know why they're offended. Yeah. They just, you know, they, just they, they have to be outraged over something. It's a very outraged culture at the moment. And I don't like it. It's like, I mean, chill out. Okay. Just, Really, if, just take a step back and think about whether or not this is actually very important, and it's usually not. So exactly, things that you should be outraged about, be outraged about them if they are, you know, something that you are passionate about. Like, for instance, I know we're all passionate about police brutality. I know we're all passionate yeah. about Black Lives Matter. I know we're all passionate about, you know, equality for everyone, you know, um, those things. Yeah. The mistreatment of others definitely be outraged about that. But just because somebody calls you a fucking mouth breathing troglodyte is no mm. reason to be fucking outraged or, Oh, I got to wear a mask in Walmart now. 
Uh, I'm sorry. Um, people like me are immunocompromised. People like Greg's parents are immunocompromised. I don't need. It. I don't see why I have to wear a mask. It doesn't help me. No, it helps me, motherfucker. It helps me, and in my if I had one, I would be helping you because I don't want to give you my heavy, and I don't <laughs> want yours. Yeah, I mean, I, Jesus. Never heard I actually like had that. somebody actually said on a Facebook post of a friend of mine last night. They said, "I don't understand why we have to be told to wear a mask." I was like, "Here, it's really simple. Your mask doesn't protect you. Your mask protects me." My mask protects you. Yep. If I'm standing five feet away from you and I have a mask on and I sneeze in your direction, the odds of you, me transmitting a virus to you, are so slim versus if I didn't have a mask on and sneezed. I was mm -hmm. like, so I'm treating, I like being alive. So, therefore, I'm going to assume other people do, too, and treat them as if they do want to be alive. He says, well, your argument doesn't hold any water. It doesn't make any sense. There's no sound reasoning there. I was like, oh, I'm sorry for fucking breathing and liking it. Uh, what the fuck ever, idiot. <laughs> I, I, it's, it's so, I saw a, a video the other day that was a guy wearing a mask, and somebody walks up and goes, you know that mask doesn't really protect you? And he just stands there and then screams, that's the fucking point. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, it's, when I had to go to court last month on Tennessee side, it was packed with people. They were not observing any social distancing. I'm Ooh. wearing a mask. I'm this, these two women come and sit down next to me. I mean, don't even. I mean, it right next to me. And then one of them starts talking to the other one while I'm sitting there with my mask on, telling her that, you know, masks are killing people because they're breathing in their own bacteria. And I'm like, did this stupid bitch really just say this? <laughs> you know, and my mask was really big because I am a little person, you know, and it covered up most of my face. And I was very grateful that day that I was wearing it because my face was very shocked most of the day so you know it was just the things that were being done and said i was just like wow is this really happening right now why am i here you know this is insane we it, live in an area that is oversaturated with dumb cunts yes <laughs> uh that jim jeffrey's bit calling back to jim you know, he did a one. He did a special a few years back. I think it was his. Uh, it was the one before Bear. Uh, he's like, show the kids how many people out there think uh, you got a smart kid. Your kid's not stupid. He's like, all right. Statistically, some of you are wrong. Yeah. Mm -hmm. He's like, everybody thinks their kid's a genius. Nobody's willing to admit their kid's dumb. But here's the thing: say you're a dumb cunt. And your spouse is a dumb cunt. Chances are your kids are gonna be dumb cunts. Exactly. Well, there's there there's a thing here. Uh, a lot of people in this area are not very well educated, and those are the ones that are having litters of fucking kids. Litters, Greg. Litters of fucking you know, kids. 
how many people did you know that were pregnant before they graduated high school? Uh, shit. I know a girl. I went to school with a girl and nothing against her. She's very two girls from freshman year. Freshman I year. I can beat you. Middle school, 13 years old. Girl got wow. pregnant. Wow. Yeah. My daughter, you. my daughter is 13. Yeah, and isn't that crazy to think about? Yeah, uh, just, uh, but you know, these are girls that were 14. Uh, and it's just like, holy shit. Well, Misty, you know, she had her son. She was, it was just days before her 16th birthday. Um, so, you well, know, it yeah, happens. My parents, my parents were 17 when they got pregnant with my older sister. They got married right after my mom or no, my dad turned 18. And then six months after giving birth to my sister, they got pregnant with me. Wow. And I'm like, why? How? You know, why were you not using protection? <laughs> and it's like, you know, my Nana, my dad's mom actually suggested that my mother have an abortion with me. And people are like, doesn't that upset you? And I'm like, no, because I wouldn't be here. I wouldn't know. I don't, you know, again, I would recommend that too, you know, because you've got a six month old baby and you're pregnant again and you're 18 years old. That's insane. Yeah. And that's, that's, but that's the culture around here. You know, it hasn't changed since the seventies. It hasn't changed since the fifties. People get married young, they have babies and they usually end up hooked on drugs, divorced, mm -hmm. not happy, you know, and now they want to bring a casino here, which is insane. Yeah, that's that's one of the dumbest fucking things. Oh, my God. We could do a whole episode with Greg talking about just how the culture is in our area and just blow his fucking mind. Because oh, I, I, tell him, I tell him things all the time, and he's just like, that's insane. Well, dude, living here? Oh, holy hell. Yeah, <laughs> I moved back at 13. It was culture shock. I, I don't want to be that Californian that's just like the South is full of morons, and then Florida shows up. And it, is. it is, it is, it is. There, that's the problem. There are many intelligent people in the South. There are many people of adequate intelligence in the South. We don't make good news. <laughs> it's these fucking. It's Shirley and her goddamn curlers after a hurricane saying, shit, I didn't get my casserole dish out. Fuck. You know, or and if somebody... you really want to know true Southern crazy, go into a Waffle House at 3 a.m. on a Friday night. Yep. And anywhere in Appalachia. That is, that's some crazy right there. I mean, they all would work. <laughs> I've had the privilege of going to a Waffle House here in Sacramento uh, at 3 a.m. And it's just full of people who are exhausted or on some kind of drug. Oh, uh, yeah. And the people who work there are also on drugs. Right. I go into a Waffle House bathroom and check the toilet. You know, nope. where there's usually a bottle of vodka or whiskey back there. <laughs> oh, Waffle House is a magical place. Not for its food, uh, for its experience, the atmosphere, if you will. It, it's it, it's definitely an experience. I yeah, I worked there. Food. 
that place broke me mentally. I was like, after working there on Christmas Eve, when they have everybody in there and they're tiny places. I mean, that broke me mentally. I was like, I can't do this anymore. This is insane. Yeah, I don't blame you. I, I mean, I worked at, uh, at, an, at a gas station overnight. Not a lot. Like, it was just part of my weekly routine. But um, the some of the people that I got in there at night were just like, it was too much for me. And I had this guy come in. He was like, oh, I used to work at the one in Sacramento, like, in the shitty neighborhood. You hmm. don't go crazy until you work over there. I was like, oh, I'm glad I don't. And then uh, somebody else online, like I, I went into a forum and it was a bunch of people talking to, they worked at a gas station. And this guy was like, I worked in a gas station that was like on the side of the road in the middle of bumfuck nowhere at night in, in the South. I think he was in hmm. Louisiana, I want to say it was. But he was like, the people that I got in there, like you wouldn't fucking believe. And I was, and so I was like, well, fucking tell me. And I, <laughs> I was like, nope, never dealt with anything that crazy. Like the worst I dealt with was a guy that went off on me about uh, a receipt. Like we were supposed to ask if the customer wants a receipt every single time. And so I go, sir, would you like a receipt? And he goes, why would I want a receipt? I was like, because we have to ask. He goes, that's just how the government's tracking you. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah, it went on. And I was just like, this dude's crazy. Sometimes really? That's my fault. I thought they were tracking us via this number we're assigned at birth called a social security number, asshole. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus fucking Christ, people. Uh, uh, I, I worked as a hostess like at Perkins, and there was mm. this woman who would come in every morning, and she'd get oh, a, a coffee. lemon poppy seed muffin. Yeah, I mean, it wasn't a bad job, but. She did this every morning, and then one day she came up to the counter. I was checking her out. And it always added up to $6.66 with change. Apparently, this really bothered her. And she wanted me to do something about it. And I was like, what? You know, I was like, why don't you order something different? Because you know this is what it's going to come up to every day. And I, I, again, I'm, I'm not religious at all. So this whole, you know, 666 thing just blows my mind to begin with. And I was like, why don't you just order something different? Add on some cream, you know, get a candy for 25 cents. I don't know what to tell yep. you. I can't change the price. Yep. I would have people do that too. When I clerked a gas station, they'd be like, huh, that's a bad number. I was like, what are you talking about? That's the devil's number. I was like, ain't nobody's number. It's fucking number. Yeah. It's just a number. <laughs> it's three fucking sixes. That's the price. Take something off or add something on or pay that. You know, that's your choices here. Uh, what the hell? Yeah, you'd People think the devil so... came up from hell and licked them or something. <laughs> I'm telling you, man, when you live in the buckle of the Bible Belt, yep. you get some weird, superstitious behavior. Man. Yeah. Uh, it's just, it's mind-blowing. Yeah, I, I don't doubt it. It's... I, that's that's the thing about living in California too is you got a lot of non-religious people. So the crazies that I got, it was never really about religion, and I th I'm thankful for that. But I I've heard a lot of people say like, like have you ever had someone kind of try to, and try to get you to follow their religion? I was like, no. <laughs> like, mm, that's a daily occurrence. I was like, oh yeah, um, dude, Jehovah's can now mail us. They can oh. now send us mail. We got a letter, handwritten yeah. letter from a Jehovah this weekend. Oh, and I'm wow. like, what the fuck? 
I was like, you know, I've not liked you people since you, and nothing against whatever you believe, that's great. But don't show up at my house when I'm watching my Saturday morning cartoons and making pancakes and make me burn my pancakes. And it was the last of my batter. I'm still bitter about that. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, long time ago, long ass time ago, I was, I was, uh, I was living, uh, not on my own. I had roommates, but I was home alone this one day. And I knew that, Jehovah Witnesses cannot salute the flag because it's like a false idol or something to that effect. I don't remember exactly the detail, but what I did was I came to the door in just my underwear. And uh, oh, please tell me you were American, wearing American flag underwear. Please, please, please tell me. I I don't have anything gaudy like that. Uh, But no, I, I basically stood there and I said, I will, I will, guys, I'm not joking, it's hot outside. I will let you in. I will. I will give you some some iced tea. You have to salute that flag. I will. I will listen to everything you have to say, but you have to salute that flag. And they both stood there, looked at each other, and went, "Have a good day, sir." Walked away. Wow, <laughs> that's awesome. Uh, yeah, they, they come through our neighborhood, but they avoid our house because I guess we we've, we've got the reputation. So I mean, I've seen them actively walk by our house, and I'm like. Damn, I wanted to do this today. I was really waiting for this. You know, it's it's kind of disappointing. <laughs> it's like messing with uh um uh so uh oh my god telemarketers. That's what I was trying to think. Oh about. yeah. Scammers. Oh. I like fucking with scammers. Yeah, fucking with scammers is fun. Oh man, that that one scammer that I kept busy for four hours on fucking Instagram that day. <laughs> wow, that's impressive. Me and Madison were sitting here, and it was a couple days before Christmas, and I kept this scammer busy, and I played so fucking dumb and made them think, oh, I'm going to get one. I've got one. I've got one. I've got one. And I'm just sitting there laughing my ass off the entire time, just playing dumb patriotic American with this person. It was great. It's really funny to me that there's still people that they get. Like... You think it wouldn't be a thing anymore because so many people know about them and fuck with them or block their numbers. Like my mom, she knows what they are. She doesn't fuck with them, but they don't get her. So I don't understand. Like, how are there still people that fall for it? Dude, I like fucking robo calls and scammer calls. I love answering them and just pick up the phone and go, it's done and hang up <laughs> and just fuck with them. Huh. Uh, I had a guy call me a long time ago and he was like, so uh, we, uh, it was like an American voice too. And he was like, we, uh, uh, we have a new program that can help you get rid of your student loan debts. <laughs> and I went, Oh shit, really? Like what, 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 like, what do I need to do? And he was like, so what you have to do is yada, yada, yada. And I was like, I, I, I don't remember exactly how far I took it. This was a while ago. And I said, well, can I still get the money if I don't have student loan debts? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. This was after like 20 minutes and he was like, are you serious? And I went, what? And he goes, you don't have student loan debts. Then why'd you keep me on the phone for 20 minutes? And I said, cause I know that you're trying to scam me and that uh, this worked and he just hung up. Well, you remember that one a couple of weeks ago that sent you a friend request and you accepted oh, yeah. it. And I was like, dude, that's a scammer. He's like, what? So then I started talking to him and they're like, Oh, thanks for accepting my friend request. I hope I don't come across as too forward. And I was like, I didn't accept your friend request. I'm just messaging with you, fucking with you. And I was a little overly aggressive and they blocked me after about five minutes. Oh, God. 
yeah for me it was i i, I just they, i got a friend request and i was like i wonder who this is and i went so i, I always look at friend like the the mutual, mutual friends. friends yeah and it was uh they had uh uh nick and uh jose from the realm of collectors in there and i was like oh okay well if they're friends with them then they then she then she either listens to the podcast or something to that effect that was my thought process hey. and uh, so i just accepted the friend request and all of a sudden i get a message from her saying like i hope i wasn't too forward in in offering a friend request like, and i was like no it's fine like nick and nick and uh, jose are good guys so i you know figured why not and then she goes well now that i have you here i want to ask you about this this offer and i'm just like okay <laughs> wow Oh, what was what was funny? They were like, "What do you do with your career?" And I was like, "I'm a stretcher." And I was setting up a joke, and I didn't get to the punchline of it, uh, which makes me sad. And they, uh, I said, "You know, I, it's it's stressful work, but it's rewarding work." You know, I, I just it's very hard though to live on sixty thousand dollars a year these days, and uh, you know, just saying shit like that. And they like, "Are you married?" And I was like, "Well." I'm not married, but I live with a woman who tells me that I better tell everybody that I'm married to her and I better love her or else she'll take me to fucking court and make me pay for this kid that she swears is mine. But I've never seen any evidence. I was like, I don't even understand how I have a kid because I've never had sex before. Huh. And then, you know, blocked. I was like, damn it. <laughs> but uh, I was I was I was hoping to get them to like, what's a stretcher? And I was like, well, what I do, I take two fingers and I. I insert them into your anus and then I work in a couple of other fingers from my other hand. And then I slowly start spreading your asshole until it's six feet apart. And they'll say, what, what do you do with a six foot asshole? And I'll be like, keep them busy on a fucking scam call. <laughs> <laughs> That's what, where I was going with it. Uh, and she's just like, Nope. Well, I don't even know if it's a she, it probably is a dude that just uses well, the most of those. Part. Most of those profiles, if you look at them and you go to their about info, will key you into that because you'll look and you'll see a female profile, you'll see a name, and it sounds like, hmm, okay, this sounds like a made-up name. And you go into their about info and you look, and they'll say details about him. And you're like, ah, scammer. Uh, <laughs> I didn't think they'll look any of that because I, I was you just You saw like, the mutual friends, and I'm like, yeah, yeah. no. Which I was like, hey, that's a new fucking technique that they have. That's great. I, I'm diligent about who I'm going to fuck with on Facebook. You know, it's like, all right, I'll accept it. And see if you can handle me for a fucking week. <laughs> I was weirded out a lot of people in the past two months. <laughs> that was the same day that uh, my dad got that call from the doctor about his kidneys. So I just wasn't even in the mood to do it with the, to fuck with a scammer. But uh, if I was in a better mood, I would have kept that shit going. Well, speaking of keeping shit going, let's get into our last discussion. Yeah. Uh, so um, Hamilton, very, very popular uh, musical on Broadway for a while there, uh, recently had a, uh, a re release on Disney+. Plus. What it is is it's, it's uh, the stage play, but the way they filmed it was really unique where uh, it's two different shows that are edited together. It's a live performance and, an, and a, uh, uh, a different performance that they could get close-ups with. Um, but it's the whole show from tip to stern or whatever that, how the phrase goes. Uh, I personally bow, love bow, it. I, bow to stern, bow to stern. Thank you. Uh, from, from uh, tip to tip to base. Um, I loved it. 
I tried to get Josh to watch it for weeks. It felt like weeks. Uh, he kept putting it off, off and off, and then he tried to watch it and got a minute 45 into it. <laughs> minute 43, thank you. <laughs> Sorry, I added two seconds onto that. I, I, I told Madison, I was like, I'll sit down and try to watch this with you. And I was like, okay. And, man, I tried. I gave it my – Misty's like, well, you gave it your all. I was like, no. I gave it some of my most, but I didn't <laughs> give it my all. Um I we did have a discussion about why you couldn't watch it too. Like I understand it, it's it's not because it's a musical. I enjoy some musicals, some I absolutely do not. I think it's more to do with the genre, and I am weird in this way, and I acknowledge this, and it makes no fucking sense whatsoever in a rational means, but I don't enjoy stage play presentation in a movie format. Like, I could go and I could sit and watch a play in a theater and enjoy it more than trying to watch this play presented as a play on a streaming service. I just could not get into it. I was just like, I can't do it. I can't immerse myself into it this way. It just took me out of it so much that I couldn't make it two minutes in. I, I, uh, as as I explained to Josh, I, I absolutely adore plays. I um, I was a, a part of like two of them in high school, and I've I've watched plenty of plays. Like uh, one of my favorites is Avenue Q. It's fucking hilarious. I still want to see uh, Book of Mormon. Um, but uh, it was it was less of the the musical part and more of like the play part that I was so I was so taken aback by because. I've never really heard anyone say that before. Um, it's always been something in regards to uh, not liking musicals or not liking operas, which Hamilton is an opera, it straight up is. Um, but yeah, it was it was it was it was something I'd never heard. I'd never heard someone say they didn't like plays. Uh, but when he broke down as to why, like when we got to the root of the cause, I totally fucking understood it. And I'll put it this way. If you have a kid and you force them to do things, fuck you. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the, the, the school that I went to, um, you know, like our town now has a consolidated school system. So we have several elementary schools and then one middle school and one high school. We used to have three high schools, four elementary schools, and uh, that was it. And elementary was kindergarten through seventh grade, and high school was eighth grade through senior. Now, it yeah, now, as of just four or five years ago, now it's elementary is kindergarten through fourth grade, middle school is fifth, sixth, seventh grade, and eighth grade, and then high school is ninth through senior. So... Madison's in middle school. She's entering her last year of middle school now. She's going to be in eighth grade. Me, for elementary school, said Misty, she, she didn't have that. She had elementary, middle, and high. So we, we were always, in this town that I'm in, we've always been decades behind everybody else. Uh, one of the things we had weekly was a music class. Every year, we had music class from kindergarten through seventh grade. Every year, every grade had to put on a play 
part of the music class grade was you had to participate and be in a school play. It was not optional. It was mandatory. Well, I'm sorry. I'm not a big fan of folk music. I'm not a big fan of being forced to participate in a music class that focuses solely on folk music and plays that are built around the construction of these folk. I, I just, it sucked. I was forced into doing things that I didn't want to participate in and I wasn't able to learn if I would be interested in things like that on my own. Instead, it was forced upon me. Didn't care for it, but yet it was still considered an elective. Yeah, and, and okay, yeah, and because of that, uh, now you have trouble enjoying. I like have I have tremendous appreciation, a tremendous difficulty in being able to appreciate certain art forms like the play itself. I have been to plays like in actual theaters. We have locally in this region. Uh, and in the town where Betty lives, there is a regional theater, the Barter Theater. It's historical. Yeah. I've been to plays there and enjoyed every single one I've seen there. Um, it's a little, uh, you, you have to, if you can get past the fact that you're going to see like Shakespeare or something of that, something similar in Appalachian <laughs> regional dialect. Um <laughs> <laughs> if you can get past that, you're good. Yeah, Shakespeare's also a little tough to get through if you're like new into plays and stuff like that. But yeah, yeah. Um, but I'm just saying they have so many productions right. of various things several times a year. Like they'll do a Christmas story. You know, they'll do. Um, I'm not sure what they have. They do all kinds of stuff. One of the last things they did was Shrek. And they yeah. actually had a, a Shrek stand-up where you could stick your face through it and take a picture. And wow. yeah, and my kid has got this thing with Shrek. I mean, she's it, it's a long-standing joke with us at this point. And I was like, "Hey, you want to go do that?" And she's like, "No." Uh, you know, getting to that age where you know I'm embarrassing now. So yeah. <laughs> yep. And I'm like, "But this looks like so much fun. It's Shrek." She's like, "No." <laughs> <laughs> a couple of I, years uh, ago it would have been fun but not now <laughs> yeah so, i wasn't sure what to expect from hamilton i knew everyone really liked it when it was on broadway and it was like nobody could get, get tickets it was very popular and i was like and then people were listening to the uh the soundtrack and just going you know if you haven't listened to the soundtrack you should definitely do that and i'm like i'll get to it eventually and so when it came to disney plus i was like i'd rather watch the play than listen to the music from the play yeah. Um, didn't expect it to be opera. Like I use the term opera because it's singing the entire two and a half hours of the play, um, or rapping, I should say. It's rapping slash singing, yada yada yada. Uh, but um, personally loved it. I watched it three times now. I adore it. Uh, but the point I want to bring up isn't about Hamilton per se. It's that the play uses the information of historical facts the story of alexander hamilton and the founding fathers but it gets a lot wrong intentionally it gets a lot wrong in terms of history they put out a 45 minute video alongside hamilton where they brought a historian in and it has a bunch of the actors that 
played in, uh, that were in the play, pivotal roles. And it has uh, Lin-Manuel Miranda, the writer and the guy who plays Alexander Hamilton, and the director. Uh, and they have a very good conversation about something that the play really doesn't touch on almost at all. Like it makes it, there's a couple lines about it, but doesn't really hit on it. And that's that a lot of the founding fathers were slaveholders. Oh yeah. Uh, and there are a lot of people out there who don't like Hamilton simply because it glorifies slaveholders in their mind. That's how they see it. Um, I understand that. And then nobody should take that away from them because that is a absolute, like nothing wrong opinion. Dude. I mean, that's the whole reason that I do not like the movie gone with the wind because uh. all it does is glorifies the antebellum South. I uh, don't like that movie either. And one of my movies terrible. Does. And I, you know, they, I've seen people bringing up things that I was bringing up when I was 17 years old and forced to watch this with my former stepmother and I, I hated it. I hated every freaking minute of it. You know, I was like, this is horrible. Do you not see what this is espousing here? Yeah. And, you know, I'm like, it's the great. Confederacy, if you're a and the the, Confederacy you know, the person, presented as noble. Ugh. But, you know, the only person in that movie who actually had any class was the whore. Yeah. The <laughs> prostitute. She yep. was the best character in that whole entire movie. Which, funny enough, that, that movie was originally a play, Now that we're, <laughs> since we're on that subject. Well, it was originally uh, a novel made into a play, then made yeah. into a movie. That's right. That's right. I forgot it was a book first. Um, so one of the things they talk about in that short 45-minute thing is about how inaccurate it is to history. Um, and uh, Lin-Manuel is asked about that and he says, oh, I intentionally omitted a lot of stuff for the sake of a story. For example, I changed um, uh, Angelica Schuyler's history. He says it made a lot more sense for the sake of an arcing story in a play for her to be single. Whereas actually in real life, when she met Alexander for the first time, she was, had already been married for multiple years. Um, so he changed you know, history in order to make a story better. Um, so when the, the question was then presented to the historian, she said this, and I want to get your guys' opinion on this. Um, she says, uh, should Alexander ha or should Hamilton be historically accurate? No. Um, no, how did she say that? She said no to that, but she it was like, is histor is is it historically accurate? No. Should it be historically accurate? No. She says entertainment doesn't have to be historically accurate as long as it gets people interested in looking at the actual history. And this was her opinion. So my question to you guys is: do you think that stories about historical figures or stories about uh, uh, historical events need to be 100 percent accurate? Or can they kind of omit things or change things slightly to get people interested in looking at the actual history? I am more on board with take liberties, leave some details out, tell the story, tell the story for the sake of the story, as long as you are not presenting this 
as actual fact and getting people interested in learning the real history, I'm on board with that. Um, because to me, if you're just giving me something that is totally 100% historically accurate, which let's be fair, kind of impossible to do unless you're live streaming something because you're, you're presenting something from someone's account of whoever was in power at the time. And this is what they recorded, you know? Um, so I'm, I'm on board with that. I, I like that idea. I don't think it's fair to art to say, well, this is not how it really was. So therefore you shouldn't enjoy it or you shouldn't be allowed to enjoy it. You know, that's my personal take. Uh, yeah. I have to say, I agree with you. I mean, I, they did, you know, yeah, he, he had to make some concessions to make it a neat wrapped up story. But I can't really think of anything that I've watched that's historical based, especially in the past 10 years, that gets it right. You know, they change things for the story. The Tudors, King Henry VIII did not look like that. I'm sorry. You know, it's just that that is not historically accurate. There's one on Hulu right now about Catherine the Great. Love yeah. it. It's amazing. It is not historically accurate. It, what it, and, you know, like Josh said, and like, you know, the historian said, what you hope is that it gets people interested in the real story so they will go and look it up and learn something. You know, it's like drunk history. Is it always 100% accurate? No, but it gets you interested in the story. Yeah. You know, and you can't contain and confine art like that because. Um, it, it's like, you know, the only historically accurate movie I could think of probably in the past 20 years was that one about Pocahontas. And it was the most boring thing I'd ever seen. <laughs> it was so boring. I was like, what is this? I like Disney's version better. I know it's not real. I know it's racist, but I like the raccoon better than this. I don't know what this is, <laughs> you know, and I love history. I'm a big history buff and I homeschool. So, you know, history is my jam. I know all kinds of information and I know that, you know, Hamilton didn't get it right, but the story is compelling, you know, and if you go and look up Hamilton's life, it's actually a very interesting story all on its own. Yeah. And that's what I hope people would do after watching this play. I mean, that's exactly what I did. I, I watched the play and I was like, I want to know what these people actually looked like. Like I know what Hamilton looks like. He's on the fucking $10 bill, but um, yeah, I, I, I honestly couldn't picture Aaron Burr. Ten dollar bill and forever. But I, I couldn't picture Aaron Burr. I couldn't picture um, like what uh, uh, King George the Third actually looked like. I couldn't picture. Uh, which, by the way, like if you just go out of your way to watch the little bits of King George in that, it's fucking hilarious. The the guy that plays um, uh. I can't think of the lead uh, names. I can't Jonathan Groff. He plays Holden Ford in Mindhunters on Netflix. Yes. Uh, he does a fantastic really? King George for the sake of the play, and it's really funny. But anyway, I couldn't I couldn't picture a lot of the faces that were pivotal roles in this entire play. And uh, so I had to go look it up. But then it got me interested in looking up the actual history of, like, Aaron Burr. Like, what did he go through? What was his life story? And then I looked up... Um, 
the life story of uh, Eliza Schuyler after Hamilton's death. Like I, I would, I got curious. And so to hear a historian say like, that's what we want out of mm -hmm. our art. I was like, it worked. It fucking worked. I got there. So I was like the King George thing. I mean, I I'm assuming it is funny, but you know, they're, if he's acting a fool, there is some historical basis for that because he was crazy. He there, had a mental disorder. I mean, there were times that he was literally foaming at the mouth and they just had to lock him away and there, there try and run the country without him. Yeah. There's a moment in the first song that he sings where he, uh, the line, he says, uh, don't change the subject. Um, instead of just singing that line, like he did for the recording uh, in the play, he uh, he spits really hard, like where it almost looks like foam out of the mouth. And he's like, don't change the subject. And like spit just fucking just spittle flies. Um, and that's like why you wear a mask. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Again, this was also filmed in 2016 before a pandemic. So there's that. But um, but yeah, like uh, uh, it, it did come across as he was kind of crazy in the first song. But then the next two, it was like, he just seemed like a petulant child. Um, yeah, and that was part of the mental disease that he had. They, nobody really knows what it is. There are some, you know, theories, but we will never know. He's dead and buried now. Right. But I mean, he he would have moments where he'd walk around the palace buck naked, you know, yeah, yeah. just not caring. Or he would play with the toys of his kids. You know, I mean, he he was not always there, especially the older he got, the worse it got. And he was a big man. And wait, it was really hard to keep this contained. Wait, wait, wait. I'm a big man that plays with toys now. What are you saying here? Do you do it in the nude? <laughs> yes. Well, you in know. Bathtub. More power to you, dude. How <laughs> <laughs> do you just go, well, bless your heart. Anyway. Country, okay. <laughs> my liberties <laughs> respect uh, my authority <laughs> the, 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 yeah. agenda. <laughs> like i one of one of the movies that came out recently was nominated for uh academy award um uh, uh 1917 yeah oh, yeah i, I, I want to see it really bad yeah uh, but the, the problem is I've heard a lot of people say like, it's really not historically accurate or Verdern. Is it Verdern? Ver, Verdern? It's the Chris Nolan world war one movie. Is it world war one or world war two? It's world war one. World, world war, war one was in 1917, but I've yeah. even heard that that's historically 1914 to 1917. <laughs> but I know that if I watch those movies, I'm going to get interested in the real battles. I'm going to get interested in the real story. If there even is a real story for 1917. Um, Oh, there's a lot of uh, great World War One stories out there. I mean, you can go down a rabbit hole with that because, I mean, it was the whole thing was fascinating. And basically it just got put on pause because of the Spanish flu. Yeah. World War Two, you know, was really just an extension of World War One. It just got put on pause because people got sick. You know, yeah. you can't fight a war if there's nobody to fight it for you. Yeah, shit. Let's load these load these bodies up in the catapults and launch them across the fucking canal. That's no. some Genghis Khan right there. So, well, you know, yeah, I do of, love me some Mongolians. 
<laughs> one, of, one of my biggest things uh, uh, growing up when I was in high, uh, high school and whatnot, or even junior high, I would, my dad loves history. Like he, his hobby is just to watch history specials on history channel or, or whatever channel there is now for that. Me and your dad would get along great. Oh, yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Uh, he recently, like uh, I, th I talked about this on the podcast, he's been watching a lot of the um, Egypt specials and uh, I had mentioned like my mom and dad and I like to watch uh, trivia based game shows. And uh, there was a question about Egypt. I don't remember exactly what it was, but I made a comment that Egypt had slaves or that the pharaohs had slaves when they were building the, the, the pyramids. And my dad goes, actually, no, they weren't no. slaves. Yeah, they, they weren't. Everybody got conscripted. Everybody had to work on this. They fed them. They housed them. You know, they, they really weren't slaves. And they had, you know, like a lot of... I was watching something recently about that, how the workers, you know, it was a pretty decent society and all the workers were housed nearby. And mm -hmm. there were... They found like ovens where they would bake bread, like yep. massive bread loaves, and they had communal bread. halls. And because you had to very feed interesting, people. and you know, if they're building your pyramids and doing your tombs, you want them to be well fed so they can do their jobs. I mean, mm -hmm. we've learned a lot in the past 30 years, you know, about this, and people were wrong. I mean, the, the Egyptians actually did conscription, it's basically you were allowed to go home and work your six months in the field. And then when, you know, you weren't growing things, then you would go and work on the pyramids and yep. everybody was happy to do it. Because they were like, yeah, it's our duty as citizens of this yeah. society. Um, and I didn't know that. That's, that's, that's the, like, I, I had no clue. I, I was under the assumption for years, as I'm sure many others are, that they were slaves because that's what we were taught originally. Mm -hmm. That's what and, we were told uh, in school as kids. So that's Hell. why I'm happy that there are people that love history like you guys do because I, again, I wouldn't know that normally. But Dude, when I, there, when I, there, before you go, there's a point I want to make. Like speaking of what we were taught as kids, there was in my fourth grade Virginia history textbook. They said that slaves were happy. Yeah. That was taught to yeah. us yeah. in the fourth yeah. grade, 1985, 1986. Slaves were happy. They lived on the plantations and they worked the fields and they learned how to read and they had a roof over their heads and they had shoes on their feet and they were happy. That's what we were fucking told. That's what the daughters of the Confederacy did. That I mean, the daughters of the Confederacy set this up. They're the ones who got the funding for the history textbooks. They're the ones who rewrote Southern history to make it more sympathetic to the white Southerners. I remember right. the first year I started teaching my daughter, uh, we had an American history textbook. Just It was a Pearson, just same one you would find in a regular school. And they said it was we were on Lewis and Clark. And it said something about Clark brought along his slave and friend. And I was like, oh, hell no. You don't own your friends. You know, and, and we had a long discussion about it, you know, and it, because I was really upset. I was like, you know, and there's even more to that story because the, the slave actually sued for his freedom. And the judge said, no, he couldn't have it. And it was a big deal at the time. 
But yeah, I read that in her history book and I was like, what is this? What the hell? And that's when I kind of started veering away from textbooks and doing my own thing and writing out the history myself. So, yeah. Yeah. Uh, um, Also, sidebar, if you hear a woman from the South say, oh, hell no, like that, fucking run. Yeah. (laughs) I did. I went on a rampage after reading that. I mean, I, I remember posting about it on Facebook. My husband came home. I was like, you are not going to believe what I read in her book today. <laughs> I, I remember mean, I was really time, upset. I remember the first time I learned the truth about Christopher Columbus because I was just like, what other bullshit have I been taught my whole life? I'll love it. Yeah. <laughs> I, because uh, yeah, I, when, when I was in school, I, I hated history. I thought it was the most boring subject ever because teachers didn't engage properly they were just like learn it and i'm gonna sit over here at my desk open up your textbook and i was like this shit's boring and i'd ask my dad i was like why do we even have to have history class and he says well other than it being interesting because these were real people that existed um we do it so we don't have to repeat history and i go what the fuck does that mean he was like do you want another holocaust and i went no and he goes well that's why we learn about it we learn about why it's bad so we don't ever repeat it yeah and i was like but that makes sense. But here's the thing. We don't learn from history. That's the no. problem. Because during the Spanish influenza pandemic of 1918 and 1920, guess what? There were thousands and thousands of people that refused to wear fucking masks. Yeah. <laughs> Idiots. No, I, I, and, no I, I get that. And I totally understand that that's that repeating history is going to happen regardless. Cause you have a lot of people who didn't have that lesson that I did. Yeah. Um, my mom is the exact polar opposite of my dad when it comes to history, just doesn't care. <laughs> um, shit. She watched Hamilton kind of, and she never picked up half of the historical information. Um, she, she just doesn't care. She just doesn't know it. So when we watch those, those trivia game shows and a history question comes up, I usually leave it to my dad. Cause Nine times out of ten, I won't know the specific dates um, where he will. I uh, And that's something about me. I love to know about the generals. Not generals, like the, the generalistics, if you will. Yeah. yeah like, not the actual commanders, yeah. but the, the, main, <laughs> the main bullet points, the key elements. Yeah, like, give me the year that it happened in, not the month and date. I don't, I don't care. Like, it doesn't, oh, okay. like, it's not something that interests me. Um, unless it's super, super important that I have to know that, like it's a huge aspect, but like the war of 1812, that's all I need to know is it was a war that took place in 1812. <laughs> I don't need to know. Uh, it took place in fucking 1982. <laughs> <laughs> uh-huh. but I, I see what you're saying. I mean, I love history myself. I do know some dates. But I think for me personally, the overall story, what happened and what it achieved is the bigger picture. Yeah. I'm concerned. Do you do you understand what the big picture of this is? Because, again, I homeschool. I teach this. I'm not so concerned about her knowing dates as I am about her knowing why it went down, who was involved and what happened because of it. Yeah, Yeah. it's the it's the importance of learning the mistakes of the past from people who made those mistakes. Yes. Um, that's the, that's, that's what we should take away from history. So when someone like my dad, 
a question comes up and it's like, what day was the Declaration of Independence written? And my dad's the only one in the room that knows that. And my mom and I are just like, uh. and uh, he just kind of goes, how do you guys not know that? That attitude pisses me off. <laughs> how the fuck am I supposed to know that? Like, why is that such an important date versus the day that it was signed? Like, I know who wrote it. I know the, like the, the council of five. I don't know what fucking day they sat in that goddamn room. I don't know. <laughs> it, was, it was a Wednesday, Greg. Okay. <laughs> How was the sure. weather? You know, again, I, d I don't think those are as important. It's overcast and mild. <laughs> I think there are things like that are more interesting, like trivia, yeah. but not important. You know, I mean, it's like, yeah, if you're playing Jeopardy, that's something you'd want to know because Jeopardy is going to ask you something very very you specific. know, pedantic and like that. Yeah, but yeah. general knowledge, no. As long as you know it happened, I'm I'm cool. I mean, because you That's watch like those, those shows where they go out and they ask people on the streets questions about U.S. history and they get it wrong, and it just that hurts my heart. It really <laughs> does. <laughs> and they <laughs> ask them just some of the easiest questions that you think that it should be standard that everybody knows, and they don't. Yeah, like, you know, what is the North America, or, you know, what is America's, the United States' northern border? What what country is that? And people are like, we have a northern border? I'm like, oh, my God. You know, I, I'm I like, that. really? I, I, love, I love TikTok. I love going on there because there's a lot of very funny people that are on there. And after you use TikTok for a while, it, uh, it its algorithm changes to what you've liked and, like, uh, based on hashtags and stuff. So I get a lot of comedy stuff. Um, but the other day I got, I got a random one that was like, it was, uh, this girl goes, so here's the United States. And she draws a very rudimentary look and shape that looked kind of like the United States. And she goes, so here's the Eastern border and that there's an ocean over there. Here's the Western border. And there's a ocean over there. All I want to know is what is above, like what ocean is above the Northern border and what ocean is below the Southern border. And all of her friends are laughing. They're just cracking up. They're not correcting her. They're just laughing. And she's like, what? I just want to know what's, like, what's on those borders. Like, I know that that United States is like, it's just by itself in the middle of the ocean. So what ocean is that? Oh, no. <laughs> I was like, oh, schooling has failed you, madam. <laughs> yeah. Mm. No. <laughs> mm. And I know that people like that don't exist. I, I I don't want anyone I know to be like that. I don't know anyone I know to be like that. I do. Oh, yeah. I mean, you can't live around here and not know someone like that. Fair, fair. I Again, I I don't want to be that one that's stereotypical of the South, but you guys are making a hard case for that. <laughs> hey, I know. We live yeah, here. I, we can. <laughs> it's, yeah, I mean, that's the thing. It's, you know, the South, especially Appalachia, is beautiful. It's so beautiful here. The people kind of suck. You know, I mean, you it's always like, hear about Southern hospitality. That is a myth, sir. Yes, it is. It oh. is an absolute myth because if you're, they're hospitable to you as long as they fucking know you and as long as you fucking fit in. The minute you don't, extremely hostile. 
Um, yeah. It's yep. um, progressive well, it ways of thinking. Say. Yeah, progressive ways of thinking are literally so reviled and looked down upon here uh, by a vast majority of the population. Well, whenever I see people getting mad about uh, uh, protesters tearing down statues of Christopher Columbus, that's the one like, like getting mad at tearing down statues of Confederate uh, generals and stuff like that, that should be painfully obvious. But when I saw people getting mad that they were tearing down statues of Christopher Columbus, I'm like, do you not know the history of Christopher Columbus? They don't, man. They don't. don't. And once they got out of high school, most of these people, if they finished high school, uh, because we do have some of the lower, uh, at least back then had lower rates of, no, back then we had lower graduation rates Mm -hmm. uh, than we do these days. But a lot of the people that are angry about that, many of them didn't either finish high school or as soon as they got out, never picked up a book again and look or researched anything after that. And you do that 40, 50 years of not taking in new information and information is always ever changing and new things come to light because of historical scholars and they don't learn the new information. You're the idiot when you try to bring it up to them. But they don't teach you the correct history in school. I mean, it's like, when I was a sophomore, I did an English paper on World War II and the Holocaust. Do you know I did not learn about Japanese internment camps in America until I was 21 years old, and yeah. I read it in a romance novel? What? That's fuck? where I learned about this from, and I was like, are you kidding me? How? Why does everybody talk about this? Something, something very similar, uh, and a lot of people admitted it, that we all kind of learned at the same time uh very and i'm talking like like the end in of the last past, year the tulsa Ma- black yeah. wall street tulsa massacre we didn't know about that you know That's where we what? learned about it the watchman on hbo that series really? taught us yeah. that yes yeah, I, I never knew about it until that until that show i watched the first episode and i saw one tweet that was like for all the people out there that didn't know go look up the tulsa the the, the 1912 tulsa massacre uh, black the Black Wall Street Massacre. Look that up. Yeah, and I did. And I, was like, I was like, "Holy shit!" I had no fucking clue. And this is shit that was buried and never taught to us. So and on that, note, there's so much in history. On that, that note, uh, there's there's a there's a reason, not a good reason, but a reason why the Tulsa Massacre was buried. Um, my dad loves watching Sunday Morning, which is like a CBS uh, like mm-hmm. old people anchor show. Um, yeah. Gaffigan's on it from time to time. I actually really, I think it's, they, they do like proper reporting and I, I love it, but um, they had a whole bit on there about the Tulsa massacre. And this was right before Trump went to Tulsa too. That's reason that they did the, 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 the piece on it. And um, they interviewed a bunch of people that were, that lived in Tulsa that were black and, and they were asked like, why wasn't this ever put out in public? Like we've heard a bunch of people learn about it recently through the HBO show Watchmen. So why, why are we just now hearing more about it than we ever have over the past decade or sorry, century. And uh, this woman goes, it's very simple. We were all told to shut the fuck up about it. You grew up knowing about it, being told about it, but not to talk about it publicly. Um, It was buried because it was either shameful for a few of the white people that 
were d- descendants of the people of the white people that that a- a- acted in it, and uh, black people were just like, well, we better stay in line to never have it happen again. So it was never discussed in a proper fashion. Um, that blows my fucking mind. That it took over a hundred years for it to become pro- public knowledge. Um. I don't know where else to go with what I'm saying right now because I, I'm, I'm still flabbergasted by that information. Like, it, it kills me that there's so much in history that we don't know. That, we, yeah. that there's probably still something out there that I never heard of before. Oh, there's absolutely things that we've never heard of and probably will never learn that were pretty monumental when they occurred. Or we've been told something completely different. It's just... It always boils down to it always boils down to who's in power and what they decide to tell about it. Winners write the history. Winners write the history, yes. And that's but you uh, know, going back to the Hamilton thing, you guys talk about how Watchmen introduced you to the Tulsa massacre. You know, that's the great thing again about these shows, you know, they can take something and turn it into entertainment but you're learning at the same time it may not be the whole story but you're going to go and look it up because you're going to be interested you're going to want to know what really happened very very true and that's that's why i'm fine with them leaving certain things out or glossing over certain things but giving you enough to pique your interest and make you want to learn um, when a show can do that or a production, you know, play, movie, whatever it is, when art can make you want to learn the true history, well done, I'm in full support of it. Absolutely. Um, yeah, that's... Uh, I'm very happy that we had this discussion because that was kind of where my thought process was. I was, I was I'm always happy to learn something new and if it can be done through my entertainment, that's arguably even better because now I'm fully engaged. Yeah. And as again, as a homeschool teacher, I, I try to engage my daughter through entertainment. You know, I, I've used drunk history in history lessons, you know, because it grabs your attention and you pay attention and you want to know more. Yeah. So, you know, I, I think entertainment is a great way for, you know, how we live today, this is how people are going to consume things. So, you know, we might as well do it like that. Agreed. I wholeheartedly agree. My dad tells a story all the time about how his um, like 10th grade teacher, ninth grade or 10th grade teacher uh, actively had the kids like who wanted to participate. He never forced anybody uh, play the roles of uh, certain historical figures. And then they would have like full on enactments of the of conversations that would happen or something like that. Like he would get them more engaged because he wanted them to understand like these people were no different than you and I. Yeah. Um, so, um, yeah. Uh, so, okay. On that note, great. If, if uh, for anyone out there who's curious about Hamilton, I loved it. It, it is a play. Uh, definitely check it out if, if you're interested. Um, and if you have Disney plus, uh, but also, um, yeah, if you're interested in, in, in the entertainment you've, you've consumed that has a historical backing to it, I would argue always look up the facts afterwards. 
you know, just mm-hmm. take the time to kind of go and look up the actual information. And, and, and there's always paintings of these big name figures too. There's always something like out there where you can actually see their faces. So, um, that's it. And that's all about that. I think. You can also, if you don't want to just like go on Wikipedia and read about it, YouTube's a great source to still yeah. get this information through an entertainment venue. Yeah, you know, I mean, I love Simon Whistler. Yes, top uh, tens. Yeah, <laughs> top tens, geographics and biographics. His fucking stuff is so informative, and he is just very, uh, very informative and entertaining in his yeah. delivery and presentations. Very polished, very professional, and a good twenty to thirty minutes, uh, twenty to thirty minute lessons at a time. It's great. Yeah, we watch him every day, every day. Mm-hmm. Uh, if anyone's looking out for for a podcast that does stuff about history, but not in the way that you think, I've talked about it before. But revisionist history, uh, that guy does a really good job at talking about the the truth of a of a past of the past in a certain situation, um, but in a very again a very entertaining way. Uh, yeah, and his show is only anywhere from. 30 to 40 minutes long per episode I've looked. I haven't listened to any yet, but I'm going to, I swear. There was one, there was one that I thought was fascinating about um, uh, a story about a, 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 it was like in the fifties uh, and I believe in the South, but a, um, a woman had, a, had said like she, she contacted the cops and said that she was being chased by a black man who was trying to, who did rape her. Um, so they, they found the black guy that she was accusing there was a whole court trial. He was found guilty and executed. Uh, Twelve yeah. years later, his son decides to do a bunch of research, and or maybe his cousin. I don't remember. It was somebody younger than him, but did a bunch of research and found out that uh, it was all bullshit. The woman who got him killed years later uh, found, or she, she, I don't know why, but she felt extremely guilty for it and tried to ask the family for forgiveness because she lied. Yeah, she recanted her story. Oh, you know what story I'm talking about then? Yeah, I've heard about it. Um, yeah. It, it, Sad. It's upsetting to see things like that and, you know, to know that this is part of your history and your culture when you're from this area. It's it. That's not what I want people to think of when they think of the South, but how can you not when that's what we have and that's what we're still dealing with today? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it was, uh, it's a lot, but there's also fun episodes where he talks about, uh, the history of golf courses and by fun, I mean, they're fun in regards to, uh, it's not as serious, but there are serious subjects on it. Like how a lot of golf courses, especially in California will take over land that they purchased illegally and then get tax breaks for it. It's a Mm -hmm. whole thing, but he's fucking fantastic in regards to that but i need to check out the other one you guys said i'm actually gonna write that down right now which what's the name of it well the, it's it's one guy who hosts three different channels one is top tens uh, uh there's also today i found out yeah and um, business plays yeah he's got a lot of stuff man he's he's all over so there's top tens t-e-n-z top tens okay um today i found out Today, oops, and my phone's like Z doesn't belong on that. 
right. And then today I found out. Uh huh. And then what's next? And one? then biographics, and that's where he looks at a certain historical figure. Okay. And then geographics, where he looks at a particular location in a historical context. Guy's fascinating. And then he's, yeah. he'll tell you about other things that he's doing because this dude just. I think he's he just made two videos. Yeah. Right, I, I mean, it's like, I think he's he also in the studio and just works 24 7. I'm telling <laughs> you, man, as much content as he puts out. Uh, really? You know, it's like. If he's putting out that uh, much content, he has a whole he has a whole crew. Oh, well, he's 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 got a research partner. It's yeah. him and another dude. I think it's just the two of them. There might be an editor, so that way they can continue doing research and recording while the the editor does yeah. the work. Yeah, yeah. There's um, probably an editor, but he's he's talked about it, and there's not a lot of. I think it was him, his research partner, and the guy that actually compiles and makes the videos. Maybe they take turns uh, editing but, different shows. I don't know. I, I could I be know, wrong. But, He's just doing all the fucking work. Like he wakes up and starts and goes to bed after getting no, done. I mean, <laughs> he's he's an entertaining dude. He's British too. Yeah. He's he's a delightful chap, and he's very soft spoken, but he does have a good sense of humor. <laughs> yeah, and he hates some American sitcoms, and he makes it very well known. Like he is not a fan of the Big Bang Theory at all. Oh, oh, well, why? Who would? Who should be? That show was atrocious. He's he's made uh, commentary on that and Friends, and I think a couple of other ones. Also he's terrible. Like, yeah, you bring up some great points. <laughs> no, they're mostly awful. I uh, I stopped watching sitcoms probably after uh, How I Met Your Mother was over. Um. Because I actually found uh, that one funny, but there again, were awful. <laughs> uh, sitcoms. Let's see. From two thousand on, uh, I was into Malcolm in the Middle. Loved that show. I loved Scrubs. That was uh, a good. One. I lo- I loved How I Met Your Mother. Uh, My name is Earl. Love that show. Ra- Raising Hope. Uh, yeah, that was a good really, one. Too. Really fucking funny. Those are probably my top five sitcoms. Speaking of uh, how much, or uh, uh, my name is Earl. Did you hear that they want to do a uh, reunion? They want to do a reunion movie, and dude, Ethan Suppley is jacked as fuck now. Yeah, like uh, he's lost weight and just built up so much muscle mass. I didn't think that was really him when I saw that picture. I was like, "That's not Ethan." Holy fuck, it is Ethan Suppley. What the <laughs> hell? <laughs> Like I think in the past year, I've just pretty much stopped watching TV. Period. I yeah, barely I don't watch on the much. cable anymore. Um, if I watch TV, it's it's usually if it's a show that's on Netflix and it's like you know, short, 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 short. It's a short like uh, ten episodes or something like that for, and primarily for this podcast too. But uh, yeah, oh yeah, I most love of Netflix. the things I that I've Netflix watched. Too. But like broadcast, yeah, most of the things I've watched is because we started doing this show. Yeah, broadcast TV is not something that I watch anymore because uh, the main like channels just they don't they don't care about quality. No, like, and the ones that do, you only get those shows about every year and a half. Like the latest season of Better Call Saul, fucking phenomenal. 
but I got to wait a year and a half for the rest of the fucking story. Or, you know, they'll have a really good show and they'll cancel it. And it's like Mm -hmm. one of the best shows they have on. And it's like, I I love the Orville and Hulu's picked that up from Fox because they were just going to cancel it. Yeah. And it's a great show. So I'm glad I watched the first episode and I didn't hate it. I'm just not a fan of Seth MacFarlane. Oh, really? I love him. (laughs) I have a, uh, he was fine in that. I watched the one episode and he was fine. Uh, I'm a big fan of Adrian Pilecki. So, you know, it made it easier to watch. Um, But yeah, just, uh, it was funny. Well, we like Star Trek generation and, you know, they, they've come out with the new Star Trek on CBS, Yeah, but I think the Orville and, you know, my husband also feels this way. Um, it's it's more in the spirit of what Next Generation was than, you know, what CBS sure. has as Star Trek because they they tackle social issues, and I've, they kind yeah. of does it in a, a funny Seth MacFarlane kind of way. I've actually said a couple gotcha. times that that Orville does Star Trek better than Star Trek does now. Yeah, it does. Although I, I have heard show. that Picard was genius. It was. So. It was really. I've not seen it yet, but I want to watch it. I just don't have access to CBS. I, I would say this, that if you watch Picard and you're not super, super onto Star Trek, there's going to be a lot of stuff that's going to go right over your head. Yeah. Like You have to have watched the, the original series, uh, Next Generation and Voyager, at least in order to get half the stuff in the show. Never seen Voyager. Yeah, see, that's uh, I didn't scary. watch all of Next Generation, and I've not really watched any Next Generation since it originally aired. Oh, even though like, I know it's available to watch on Netflix, but I've never so gone back like, and watched it. I think there's like three or four movies you have to have seen to get like half the. No, I've seen all of the movies. Okay, you're fine. I've seen every one of them, every Star Trek movie I've seen, including the Abrams ones. Uh, but yeah. the original cast, Next Generation cast, and the JJ films. I've seen them all. Oh, speaking of, uh, I want to wrap up the podcast here in a minute, but I do have something funny to tell you guys about the Star Trek, about the Abrams verse. So when that first movie came out, um, my uh, my brother and I and my dad went, go, went to see it. And uh, we left the theater, and my brother and I were like, that was really fucking cool. That was a neat concept on Star Trek. Like it was like, granted, it was like Star Trek Fast and the Furious, but it was still fucking cool. And uh, uh, my dad was like, "We, I hate it. I fucking uh, hate it. And we were like, why? And he was like, because they didn't fix it. And I was like, fix what? And he goes, in other Star Trek movies, when they deal with the, with, with the past or they time travel, they fix it. And they, they make it right. And I was like, what are you talking about? And he goes. The destruction uh, of Vulcan. Like, it was it just basically it was a different timeline. And so my brother and I were like, yeah. well, there's nothing to fix because it's a different timeline. Like, there's there was nothing that needed to go like they didn't have to go back in time and fix anything because it's just like everything that you knew, dad, everything that you knew in, in, in the original series and next generation and yada, 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 all that is one timeline that goes this direction. The Abrams verse goes this direction. Mm-hmm. And he was like, it's fucking stupid. It's dumb. And it took him like, I want to say a year and a half before he finally understood what they were going for and, and now enjoys the movies. Well, <laughs> He finally got it. That's good. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Hell yeah. But it made me laugh. It was like, it was, it was, uh, I think he went and watched uh, uh, From Darkness or Beyond Darkness. What the fuck is the one that called? It's uh, Into dark. Darkness. Into Darkness. Thank you. Um, he watched that one on TV recently. It was just like, oh, I get it. And I was like, uh-huh. 
Dude, I thought that was a great way to tell that story. I really enjoyed it. Yeah, I did too. I did too. Um, what's really funny to me is that the third movie, uh, a lot of people are just like, well, this doesn't feel like Star Trek. And I was like, neither did it. It felt more. It felt more like Star Trek, the original series, the actual show, than any of the movies did. Well, I like the idea. Um, I go with the idea that, like, so I don't know if you've heard this theory that all of the Quentin Tarantino movie, Quentin Tarantino movies, take place in the same universe, yep. and that the reason that the, all the movies are violent was imagine a, a United States where uh, Hitler dies in the most violent way possible. Um, and I was like, that's a really interesting concept because that would make sense for every single other movie that Quentin's done about the, the about the uh, ultra violence in each one. And uh, so I like to go with that idea with Star Trek with the Abrams verse. Like, uh, 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 Kirk was born into violence, so the rest of this particular timeline will be more violent and over the top than the original timeline. So, but again, that's I a good could, way to look at it. Yeah. <laughs> I, I mean, I, that's how I choose to maybe for sake of my own sanity, but I like how, you know, Jeremy Lin, he may, he put a lot of, of like his experience with action films, including fast and the furious into uh, the third Star Trek movie. Um, so I appreciate that because it was fun. It certainly was fun. And Simon Pegg wrote it. Well, and and I imagine he got a lot of that experience of writing an action movie from working on uh, Mission Impossible. Yeah, and also you know working closely with Edgar Wright. You know when sure. with the uh, uh, what's the name? Cornettos. Yeah, man, I want a Cornetto. How, how do you remember that name? Oh, because it oh, was a thanks. food, you fat well, uh, bastard. Sure, sure. All right. Wow. <laughs> wow. I'm sorry. I, I had to throw a mean one in there. I'm sorry. <laughs> I feel I've genuinely watched, horrible about that. I've watched Shaun of the Dead and Hot Fuzz a gazillion fucking times, and I've watched um, At World's End like three times. So, I've not seen At World's End yet. I need to. Yeah, That's you need to. Uh, but yeah, we should wrap this up. We, it's over two hours yeah. now. <laughs> yeah, it's two hours and two minutes. Of course, you know we had about two minutes before we actually went live, live. But uh, we had some all right conversations. So I'm more than happy to have a two hour podcast on this one. Yeah, uh, I'm thrilled. Uh, immediately um, when we were talking about this, and you know, Betty has mentioned to me several times in the past few months she's like i really want to get into podcasting but i don't know how to go about it what to do but i was like i can totally help you we'll figure it out and then the rona hit you know i'm like damn it you know that was part of the thing is i was wanting to help her get into this and then finally we were talking this week and she's like well i'm gonna get a headset i was like awesome because she had mentioned she was listening to our last episode and enjoying it and said, I'd love to come on. I've got some opinions. I was like, I want a female perspective on the show. I'd love to have you on. She got the headset and boom, here we are. And I have just, I was excited about today and Hey, my expectations were exceeded. I've had so much fun, some good oh, discussion. I didn't even realize that two hours had gone by and I'm sitting here thinking, wow, I've had a blast today. So, 
Yeah, you, it was a lot of fun. I really appreciate you guys letting me come on and, you know, share my vagina experience with you. Oh, <laughs> uh, I have to say I do love a vaginal experience. I can't deny that. But um, you are more than welcome to come back anytime. Absolutely. Yeah. Whenever y'all, I mean, because right now, I, since we both take this very seriously, you know, we're both stuck in our houses, so mm-hmm. I'm not doing anything, <laughs> you know? Yeah, yeah. And, and I love it because, you know, it, we've kind of stepped back on our reviews of things, even though we used to do reviews diligently every other week. A lot of the stuff that we're really interested in is coming out less and less, and we really enjoy the format of the uh, the uninhibited format, as we call it, yeah, uh, where we just talk about anything, and you know, it's allowed us to have some wonderful discussions with you know Dante, our Black Lives Matter episode. Holy shit! Still, yeah, that was the first I'm proud one I'm of the, to. I'm proud of that episode. That was um, a good episode. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but you know, sometimes we're going to talk about more serious things and then sometimes we can just have discussions like today is like not really super serious, but at the same time, just a good deep discussion. And I love that. And I loved having you on today. It was awesome. Thank you guys very much for having me today. I had a lot of fun and I look forward to doing it again. Hell yeah. Well, before we get out of here, we're going to tell everybody where they can find us. And if people are interested in following, uh, they can do so. So I'll go and then we'll ask if there's any places that you would, you know, let people know about. And then we'll do Greg and we'll get out of here. Uh, But for everyone out there that wants to follow me on social media, I go under my regular name on Facebook. That's a public profile. I ship posts sometimes. I'm going to post things that piss people off. Others are going to agree with it. It's just how I am. I'm outspoken. But if you want to follow me on Twitter and Instagram, which I use mainly for promotional purposes for this show and uh, other shows that I'm on, uh, you can do so. And those are linked to my Facebook profile. As for other shows that you can catch me on, I am part of the Realm of Collectors. It's a... uh, it's a face. It's more than just a Facebook group. It's it's a family, and uh, but you can join the group on Facebook, which Greg just became a member. Uh, we mentioned that last night on Figure Banging, by the way. Oh. Uh, but yeah, you can catch me on two shows on the Realm of Collectors YouTube channel uh, every other Wednesday uh, at nine thirty p.m. Eastern. I'm a part of Figure Banging, where we look at something new, uh, usually Transformers, and do a live review, question and answer session. It's really nerdy. You know, if you're into that thing, cool. Uh, Also, on Friday nights, every Friday night around 9 p.m. Eastern, I'm part of the MPSP Theater crew, where myself, Nick, Rob, Russ, and Sam all get together and talk about various things in the entertainment and nerd industry, uh, be it TV shows, comic books, movies, uh, not so much toy talk, thankfully, uh, you know, because I like to get away from all that sometimes. But, you know, it's just, it's a nerd fest. Let's just call it what it is. Uh, so, and we bust each other's balls a lot. Mm. That's all the places you can find me. Dame Bitty Badger, <laughs> where can people find you if they were interested in you or uh, 
your social media or your business, you know, uh, um, where can they find you? Well, I, I'm old and I'm boring. So I'm just on Facebook. Uh, you can look up my business. It's Petrichor Gallery and Gifts in Abingdon, Virginia. And uh, my personal page is pretty public. Um, Betty Badger Ogletree. So I'm the only one on Facebook with that name. So you'll find me pretty easy. <laughs> and I'm pretty awesome. opinionated and I also piss people off a lot, including my own family. So, yeah, me too. <laughs> That's what we have in common. Yeah. Accurate. All right. Well, Greg, what about you? And then we'll get out. Uh, Sharp Rock Geek on all socials. Um, I don't really have anything to promote coming out. I know that I want to do a Jackbox stream again eventually, but God knows when I'm going to be able to do that. Uh, but follow me on Twitter because that's where I'll promote it primarily. Um, I know that we'll promote it in the Discord and we'll try to make an ad that Josh will also promote. But my my, my primary source of, of social media is Twitter. Um the uh, the last thing I wanted to bring up, or talk or not talk about Jesus. Last thing I wanted to mention was that uh, there are two films that I have been told to watch that they're good, um, and I want to watch them. So I was going to promote. I was going to promote. Jesus Christ! I can't talk suddenly. Everything just went out of my head. Hmm. Uh, I was going to ask Josh if you were willing to do this, but uh, there's a movie called The Old Guard on Netflix, and one with um, uh, Andy Samberg on Hulu. Uh, Palm Springs is the one with Andy Sandberg and the old guard is uh, the one on Netflix. And I thought we could uh, watch and review those for the next episode or next, next week. Um, but uh, we're going to talk about yeah, it. Yeah. We we'll that, figure but, it out. I mean, yeah. I'm not opposed to it. Um, but the reason I mention it is for our listeners. If you want to watch both of those, I have a feeling we'll talk about them in some capacity in the future. So, uh, but again, our structure for this podcast is kind of, you know, loosey-goosey at the moment. So, um, yeah, so is my mom. Oh, mm. I mean, wait. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. I think that's going to do it for us here. Thank you so much, Betty, for joining us. This has been a fantastic conversation. Um, I, 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 again, I can't, I can't say too many. I can't say enough nice things about you. Jesus Christ, I can't talk. Oh, thank Can't you. Can't say words either. All right. I'm going to end it before I sound like even more further of an idiot. Guys, thank you so much for listening, and we'll see you next time. Bye. Take, take care, everybody.